This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. Yeah, I think just pucks in the net and really bearing down in front. You know, I think we just got to get more goals in the, in the greasy areas and the rebounds and uh, around the net. And that just comes from shot volume and people in front. So uh, I think we're doing a good job in creating offense on rushes and seams and, and, and areas like that. But in the areas where, uh, you know, it's going to take a couple of whacks to get in. I think we need a, a couple there to, to kind of swing it a little bit. Swing it a little bit. Nick Paul. Some greasy goals get in front. It's always a good thing. Had some people talk about the Lightning's offense. A little shaky, they think. Dave Michigan and I were talking about the defense more and how that's mm-hmm. a bigger deal. I was thinking about this. I want to maybe lead the show with this. Yeah. Go at for Bolts it. Radio, Dave Michigan on that end. I am Greg Linelli. Steve Versnick is our producer. Hit us up on Twitter at Bolts Radio. And we will get to your comments and, and questions. So I was thinking about this today because we took a lot of questions, and I think we have over the course of the season, about the Lightning. And I do think it's an interesting question when it comes to where your record is, and is that a true indication of how good your team is? Statistics don't lie. We we keep harping on this. Your record is... At this point, it is what it is. That's your body of work. And if your body of work is 500, logically looking at it, partner, it would it would signal to everybody that you know you are a mediocre team. There are some gray areas, just like in life. Not everything is black and white. Do we think the Lightning overall are a mediocre team? No. But the record would indicate that they are not playing at a level that is conducive to maybe their talent. And 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 maybe I'm wrong in that and people will challenge it. I, I my sense is no, but we certainly can have that conversation. But what what it got me thinking was when everybody starts talking about, you know, there have been some inconsistencies offensively, is that a lack of talent or is that just the ebbs and flows of the season? And then they look at the defense and being better with the puck. Because I think those two go hand in hand a little bit with the Lightning. I think when they get in trouble, sure, positioning can be part of it. But is that positioning out of whack because they're not they're not better or they're not good with the puck, which is putting them in these tough spots a little bit. And I'm wondering, making the right reads being in the right place, making the subtle play in your own zone, and being better with the puck. We don't often think of that as taking a lot of skill to do. But I'm wondering, partner, when we talk about a team who's a a skilled team and, and makes the right plays, a lot of times with defense, we talk about effort and just the want to. And I do think that's part of it. But I I do think there's a certain skill involved that's probably overlooked when a defenseman has the puck in his own zone and maybe instead of rimming it around the boards, he makes that subtle little five, six-foot pass on the tape to the forward coming back in support. And I'm just curious, those inconsistencies, can that be part of the equation I don't think it's a lack of talent that's not allowing the Lightning to be better with the puck. 
but I don't know what it is because when you're seeing bad passes in the defensive zone or the wrong reads, I do think that's a skill. I like, like understanding where people are on the ice and if the middle of the ice is clogged, sometimes just bang it off the, the glass is the right play. And do we need to look more into that and say, is that a, a, a lack of a skill that, that's happening? Or is that just the ebbs and flows of, uh, of a game and uh, the lightning are, are just getting exposed a little bit more? Because, you know, look, when we had guys like Ryan McDonough back there, you weren't talking a lot about, like, yes, every once in a while his decision-making, it would result in a in a bad play, but everybody does that. But for the most part, we looked at the Lightning's back end, and I, I know I'm signaling them out right now. You know, they're they're getting the puck out cleanly. You know, they're they're getting it to the forwards. And I I do think that was a, probably an overlooked part of their game, but I think it's it's a really talented part of their game when, when things are rolling. I know some players have moved on, so... Is that skill set, is it, is it something to keep an eye on? Is there maybe a lack of true skill back there in terms of reading and reacting and making the right play? Or is this just happened to be, look, 30 games of some inconsistent play, but we think it's going to get rectified because they do have the horses to correct the issue. If you think that is an issue. Well, it's one of the issues. I mean, puck management and turnovers leading to opposition chances or opposition goals. Sometimes it's a turnover and it doesn't necessarily lead to a grade-A chance, but the opposition is scoring anyway. That's part of it. I'm not sure that, and right now the Lightning are 31st in team defense because the Devils beat the Bruins last night 2-1 to in overtime. So with a game in which they allowed only one goal, they moved ahead of the Lightning. So when you are 31st out of 32 teams, in team defense, it's not just one thing. It's a lot of things. But what you talked about is one of those things. And, I mean, really what you're talking about is in the defensive zone. Because the Lightning have had turnovers in the neutral zone and the offensive zone. And, and in some ways, those can be more costly because there's real estate behind you for the other team to maybe counter on an odd man rush and generate a chance off the rush. What we saw in the Vancouver game... In the second period, they had two defensive zone turnovers that the Canucks were then able to turn into goals two and three. So what is it, and why does it happen? You use the word talent. I mean, there is a talent in making the right decision, right? But I think you can make the right decision even if you're not necessarily one of the most talented players on your team. But you've played the game long enough that you can make reads quickly. If, it's a if skill. You, is if it you're a skill getting to the point? NHL, yeah, it's 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 part of your 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 skill set. It's part of what got you to the NHL because if you weren't capable of making decisions, for the most part, good decisions, quickly because the game moves at such a quick pace, you're not going to be in the NHL. So I think some of it is on the player with the puck, but some of it too is based on what's happening with the other guys that are on the ice with him. How much support is there? Like, is the guy being left on an island? So you're right. Sometimes the short pass is the better option than a rim, but what if no one's available for a short pass? You know what I'm saying? 
So that's where a lot of defending comes down to team play. Are there instances when one player makes a significant mistake and it's kind of on that one player? Sure, of course. But I think if you look at the teams that defend the best, and you don't have to just look at this year, go back years, decades, generations, the teams that defend the best do so because they defend well as a team. There's support, guys are in the right spot at the right time, whether you have the puck or whether you don't have the puck. And the Lightning have not been good enough in that department. But that's not all of it. I mean, that's not that's not the whole story as to why they're 31st right now in team defense. Some of it has been coverage. Some of it has been, when I say coverage, I'm talking about D-zone coverage. Some of it has been rush coverage. Some of these problems have stemmed from turnovers up the ice, like we talked about. And I think those probably have been more prevalent than the ones in the defensive zone. And I'll repeat what I said yesterday on the show, Greg, which is you're never going to get through a game without having some turnovers. It's inevitable. Like you mentioned Ryan McDonough. Like, yeah, Ryan McDonough at times tries to play the puck out of his own end and it doesn't get out. But what's happening next? And I think that is also the mark of a team that can defend very well. If the puck doesn't get out, what is the other team getting out of that? And too often the other team has gotten something dangerous and and scored. What you led with was kind of what is the bigger nut to crack right now? Is it the offense or the defense? I've been pretty consistent this year in saying it's it's defending. And defending does tie to what you're doing with the puck. You're right. But, you know, the Nick Paul quote that that Steve played at the top of the show, he's talking about how to get more greasy goals. Now, look, I will acknowledge if the Lightning give up three like they did to Vancouver, had they been able to score a couple more goals, the game would have looked very different. But what has been, use this word again, consistently, what has been the more consistent problem for the Lightning this year? Has it been scoring goals, or is it, has it been keeping the puck out of their own net? They have scored goals this year, and sometimes your goal scoring will go through ebbs and flows, just like the power play. Sometimes you're a little snake bitten. Sometimes you're on a no-hot goalie. That has happened to the Lightning. I don't think it happened necessarily in the Vancouver game, but it's happened in some other games where the other goalie has had an outsized role in keeping the Lightning's offensive production down. And they just happened to to run into a bunch of these goalies, one right after the other, on the road. That's not going to continue indefinitely, nor do I think that the Lightning's dried-up scoring, if we want to look at it that way, will continue indefinitely. That is why I keep going back to what they are doing defensively, because that has consistently been an issue this year I think what's the number at something like six five or six maybe six seven I'd have to go to the game and game by game and look they played 30 games it's definitely single digits let's say six they've had six games out of 30 this year where they've held the other team to two or less that just needs to get better I have confidence that they will find ways to score goals Power play's in a little bit of a rut right now. That'll that'll come around. It will. The the determination to score greasy goals, they'll be able to do that. Like, that's an adjustment that they can make. 
they are generally a pretty good team in the offensive zone. And that goes to their forecheck, too. Some of their best defending this year has happened when they've been able to control the puck a lot in the offensive zone. They are a very good forechecking team. The problem occurs when they have the puck in their zone, like you said, and they're not getting out, or the other team is applying pressure. How are they handling that? And while there have been some games in which they've handled it quite well, there have been far too many other games where they haven't. And what I'm trying that's to find out is point, that's why. why I keep going back to the the defensive side of it. Well, they're not playing in sync. I mean, yeah, they are learning a, and by now you'd hope that they will have learned kind of where they need to be, uh, but they haven't seen the results from it too. Like confidence defensively, guys are guys are are not in the right spot. They aren't. They aren't taking away enough time and space for the other team. So if if that is the case, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you because that very well may be the case, then from what we've heard compared to maybe what's really going on behind the scenes is that the system is taking longer for them to adjust. Because we heard pretty early on in camp and then the first couple of weeks that, look, I mean, we, we've, had, we've had our training camp. We've had our games. It shouldn't take us that long to figure out. If that's not the case, that's why I keep coming back to, is there a certain skill that we're probably not giving enough credit to when it comes to the defensive zone and positioning and what to do with the puck and being in the right place at the right time? Because I agree with you. I mean, the numbers defensively don't. I mean, that's that's a hard number to look at right now for a team who has Stanley Cup aspirations. Yeah. And, Dave, here's the other part to all of this. The goaltending has been really good. They are at that ranking. Even though the goaltending, we can make a very legitimate argument, has been the best part of this team collectively through the first 28 games of the year. Could you imagine if the goaltending wasn't any good? They would be dead last. And the fact that they're not, and they're still getting really good goaltending, I'm confused and I'm probably befuddled like a lot of people. So that's why I asked the question, what really is going on here? Because if we think a large part of being good defensively is grit, determination, wanting it, that that should be correctable, but structure is part of it too, so, and it is, and and, and, that's, and it is that's a word, and that's really not about playing with the puck. I mean, it kind of is because guys need to be in the right spot to make themselves available to get out of your own zone, support like who has the puck, who's supporting that player with the puck. That's part of structure too, and and I repeat, it hasn't only been one thing. If it's only been yeah, they're just giving too much time and space to the other team in the defensive zone. Then we would say, okay, it's this system that they're tweaking. Sure. But it's, it's not just that. Like, it's turnovers of the offensive blue line. It's the defenseman pinching when the defenseman shouldn't be pinching. It's it's having too much risk in their game. That's kind of one area. Now it's kind of the penalty kill. The penalty kill was, you know, first month of the season, like a top five penalty kill. Now they're, you know, out of the top third. Are they out of the top third? Where are they? They're tied for 12th, so that's out of the top third. They've allowed four power play goals so far in the road trip. Like, that counts against your goals against as well. 
the thing that you've been talking about so far today on the show coming out of your own end and and are you are you getting out cleanly and are you getting out cleanly enough of the time so you're not spending time in your own end we had a fan talk about slow line changes like that's been a problem too and that's a decision you're tired you want to go to the bench i get it but if the puck doesn't get in deep and you can't change safely you got to stay out there and there's been some of that as well goals in bunches the other team scores right you take kind of a a gut punch and instead of being able to push back you're giving up a goal within a minute or two later we've seen that as well so it's been a whole laundry list of things that have gotten them to where they are 31st right. in the NHL in team defense but i think your point about like is it a talent is it a skill yeah i mean okay i'll i'll, I'll go with that i mean that that might not have been the word that I would use, but I understand where you're going with that, and and I and I agree with you. Yeah, it it's an ability to make the right play at the right time, and being in the right spot at the right time is part of that. But the fact that they have they have had games in which they've done it quite well means that they are capable of doing it. And you know, this is me kind of throwing a dart at the wall. I don't know if it or something it's else hit the bullseye yeah, or not, but. You know, I'm just basically saying that confidence can play a part too. Like when you're making mistakes defensively and they're ending up in your net or you don't have enough games like they had against Dallas at home or Pittsburgh at home where you start to feel like, all right, the system is really paying dividends. We're seeing evidence that what we're trying to do is working. Like that can have an effect as well. And... I think that they've kind of had their their legs chopped off in the first 30 games too often. And it won't, won't get it easier tonight because the Oilers are rolling. Well, they Eight are. Eight in a row. They've outscored the opposition during the winning streak 38-13. to 13. I know I'm jumping topics here. No, we that's fine. Back to it, no, but I just wanted to intro this because when we saw the Oilers earlier this year, remember the Oilers were, were scuffling. In fact, this eight-game winning streak came – after they they started a losing streak in Tampa. They lost to the Lightning on a road trip. They lost to the Panthers, and then they lost to Carolina. And then the final game of their road trip, they went to Washington and won 5-0, dominated the game. It was almost like they, they snapped to attention. They haven't lost since. But their issue was a lot of, of what we're talking about with the Lightning. They were giving up too many goals. Now, in Edmonton, they were like, it's the goaltending, the goaltending. Let's get rid of Jack Campbell, goaltending. Well, look, from what I saw, it wasn't just the goaltending. <laughs> like, they were defending so badly in that game at Amelie Arena, and they were giving up chances left and right. Clearly, they have fixed some stuff because in eight games, they've allowed only 13 goals. So they have figured it out. And maybe a lot of that is confidence, too. And a healthy McDavid <laughs> probably hasn't hurt as well because he's on a long point streak. McDavid and Bouchard are both on long point streaks. McDavid is on a nine-game point streak. Sorry, a 10-game point streak. So it, it preceded the winning streak. He's got 25 points in those 10 games. That's what we come to expect from McDavid. And so whether he was a little banged up earlier in the year or he was in a slump. He's human. Maybe things weren't going in for him like they normally have been during his tremendous NHL career. He's back to being McDavid, and, and the Oilers are scoring again with him 
kind of driving the bus. But the important part of it is, as I circle back again to to the other end of the ice, the most important number that I just gave you was in the eight-game winning streak, they have allowed a total of 13 goals. That's that's a so a boomerang opposite from what was happening for them earlier in the year. I I listen and having some new players come into the system while there's been a new system implemented at the beginning of the year that can. You're talking about the time. lightning now. I'm talking about the lightning. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm talking about the lightning. You're you're right about the Oilers. I mean, this is going to be one of those games where you've got a team who's coming in playing really well. Maybe it doesn't completely depict what a good team or what type of team Edmonton will be in the long run. But as you know. Partner, and you just use the word confidence. J- Jason Cullimore and I go back to what he told me once. He doesn't believe momentum game to game. It's confidence game to game. And the Oilers mm-hmm. have a lot of confidence. So this is going to be one of those games, regardless of where you think Edmonton's going to finish. They may not make the playoffs this year. They may. Who knows? This is going to be a tough game because of the way they're playing and where their confidence is. And the Lightning's confidence probably isn't where it needs to be. So, yeah. 100% this is an uphill battle, and Connor McDavid has the chance to, every time he he plays a game partner, he could rip off four goals and score five points. I mean, that's just how good he is in the Lightning. If there's ever a game for them to find their system and build some consistency, now would be the game to start. Because yeah, Edmonton, I think the priority, you're right, like, in, in some ways... This maybe is the it may be the worst opponent the Lightning can be seeing at this time, but maybe it's the best opponent because they have to pay attention defensively tonight. And I don't mean rope a dope. I don't mean sit back and let the Oilers dance around with the puck. I'm not talking about defending that way. I'm talking about checking, structured play, protect the front of the net, protect the house, finish plays. By finish plays, I mean don't let them cycle. You know, you're ending plays early in the defensive zone. You can you can have a mind toward defending and be aggressive in doing that, but not aggressive to the point that it takes you out of position. That's the fine line that you have to walk, and that's the way they're probably going to need to play tonight against Edmonton. You know, and make the Oilers defend. Yeah. Like how much of how much of these thirteen goals? in the last eight games is simply because the Oilers have had the puck a lot. Like, their metrics are very impressive. They are a top-five team in these three categories, Greg. Top-five in shots taken per game. Yeah. Top-five in fewest shots allowed per game. And top-five in fewest blocked shots, which is kind of a weird way of putting it. But, in other words, they have blocked among the fewest shots in the NHL. And you might say, well, how is that a good stat? Well, if you're dominating teams on the shot clock – and you're not blocking a lot of shots, that tells you even more so that they are possessing the puck a lot because the other team just isn't even getting relative to no, the you're right. league yeah, you're right. a lot of attempts. Yeah. So maybe the Oilers are doing it in part because they just have the puck all night, and they love the puck. Like, sure. their guys want the puck, so make them play without the puck. Make them dig in defensively, and and that has to be the mindset, I think, for the Lightning tonight, not – run and gun, not another 6-4 game like the one we had at Amelie because I don't know the way the Oilers are playing right now if the Lightning are going to be able to rally. Remember they were down 2 nothing in that game? They were down sure. 3-2, they were down 4-3, and then they finally grabbed the lead in the third period. I have a feeling this is going to be a much different sort of game. I might be wrong about that, but, you know, you can look at this two ways. You can look at this as almost – the worst possible challenge you can have, or you can look at this as an opportunity. 
and take some pride, right? Like, we're 31st, guys. What is going on here? There are 30 teams so that's, better defensively right now than us in the NHL. And that's why I wanted to bring it up on today's show. Because it hits you. Does anybody think the Lightning are the 30th best team in the league? No. Well, I'm saying defensively. Def- but but, but yeah. you're right, though. Like, a lot of times, though, defense translates to where you are in the standings. Like, if you're not giving up a lot of goals, even if you struggle to win, to score, yeah, I mean, worse, you're going to be middle of the pack. You're going to be competitive. And the Lightning aren't in a playoff spot, and they have the second-worst defense in terms of goals allowed in the NHL. This is a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations. I come back to this after everything you just said, and this is why I'm bringing it up. Do I think it's the system and it's taking them 30 games this long to figure it out? Possibly. At but least that's part of it, right? I think it's part of it. You mentioned confidence. Dave, I think it comes down to a want-to. And it's not being lazy. It's just you just made the point, hey – Make the Oilers dig in and defend when you have the puck. Make them defend hard. I think the same is true for Tampa Bay. I've always asked you that question and, and our audience this question. And I come back to a team that has won as much as Tampa Bay has over the years. You look at the regular season differently than some of these other teams who don't have the credentials and the accolades they've achieved over the last few years. I think it's human nature. I'm not telling you it's right. But I don't know if it should take 30 games for a team who's got that many veterans, who's this talented, to figure out a system that, by all accounts, everybody has said, not major changes to it, just subtle changes. Yeah. Okay? The, the confidence thing, I can meet you halfway because I do think confidence, it affects everybody. Even the elite of the elite will go through a period of time maybe where... They pass up a shot or, you know, they can't find the strike zone or let's say they just they're swinging at pitches or at balls that are out of the strike zone. It doesn't happen a lot, but it can. So then that leaves me to I think this is just wanting to do it every game. And that's how I feel about it. Do I? Because you made the point and it's 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 a correct one. They've had games where they've been really good defensively. Mm-hmm. So that shows me they can do it. But does Tampa Bay and this core of players and this team have the same mindset of how to look at each regular season game compared to another team who doesn't have the credentials that is trying to make a dent in the regular season to get into the playoffs? And I know we don't sometimes want to hear that. But I think that's part of it. It might be. Don't a lot you think of it. at this point? I mean, you've made you've made that statement before, Greg. Don't you think at this point, though? I mean, their record should have the players' attention. I mean, I understand what you're saying about Detroit and and some other teams that maybe you know have not been in the playoffs for a while, and they are really charged up for every regular season game. But I mean, the Lightning need points or else they're going to be really facing an uphill climb in the second half well, of the year. They do. But they're also probably some that, you know, it's 30 games in. We're not dead last. We're hovering around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, we're going to put on a, we're going to go on a streak like the Oilers, and we're going to win eight. I, I, again, I can't speak for them, but unless your back is up against the wall 
in a big, big way, and we're like game 65 and the Lightning are six points out of a playoff spot, I don't know if that urgency is kicking in. I think the urgency could kick in tonight because of who they're playing. I think the Oilers grab your attention. Yeah. And I think if you don't realize, like I would anticipate tonight, and I could be dead wrong, I would anticipate tonight, based off of how bad the Lightning have been collectively on the defensive front and how good Edmonton is playing, factor in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and all of these guys, that should grab your attention and your compete level tonight should be very high. Does that mean it's going to translate into the next game? I don't know. Tonight, I'm expecting, and it's in some ways, I'm, what I'm saying is it's based off the opponent. I, I think mm-hmm. the Lightning right now are in a situation where I get up for that game. I don't get up for this game necessarily. And how else do you explain 500? Well, I will say for tonight's game, they're going to need to do a better job than they did in the first game of staying out of the penalty box. Now, they skirted through that in that 6-4 win against Edmonton, but they ended up going 5-for-5 five five on the penalty kill. It was a big reason why they won that game. Now, they gave up their only shorthanded goal allowed this whole year. It came against the Oilers. Remember, there was that Derek Ryan play where he didn't actually even shoot the puck. It slid through Johansson's pads in the first period. But to go 5-for-5 five five against the Oilers on the penalty kill is no small feat, and and not surprisingly, their power play during this winning streak, which was it, it was good prior to the winning streak, as you would figure, it's really heating up. And they're right behind the Lightning now in the standings as far as power play percentage. So one key to good penalty killing is trying to limit the number of times they're shorthanded. Now, it yeah. didn't help them in the Vancouver game. They, right. they did a good job of only – being shorthanded twice, but they gave sure. up one goal. But that's going to be part of it tonight, too, because you can talk about, well, we need to dig in, we need work ethic, we need to to limit chances five on five, but if you give this team four, five, six power play chances, you're playing with fire. Regardless of, of your, your compete level, right? Yes. I, it may make some people uncomfortable. We may be just speaking truth as to where Tampa Bay is right now. And I'm hoping it turns around. I, I kind of get it why it, it, it's not all the time. I mean, I kind of look at, look at the teams lastly, and then we'll get to some questions. And we'll, we, can, we can talk a little bit more about Edmonton and, and really anything else that we want to discuss. And By the way, optional skate for the Oilers. Okay. So we're two hours behind you guys. So... Is McDavid I would say there? maybe about eight or nine. I would expect, by the way, real quick, Greg, an optional skate for the Lightning because they had a full skate yesterday, but Hedman was not really a participant. He came out for a little twirl yeah. near the end of practice. So I would say signs are that it is unlikely that he will play tonight. But I will mention Connor Sherry took regular line rushes. Ooh. And, I mean, I'm not quite sure what this means for, for the cap because they yeah. put him on long-term injury when they called up Chafee and Myers, but I would not be surprised if Sherry makes his return tonight based on how he looked in practice yesterday. And that could, you could get a little bit of a boost from a guy yeah. who's been out. Now, it, it did take Sherry a little bit to feel comfortable, I think, and then he gets hurt and bad timing for him. But, yeah, you know, look, you, have, you still have 50 games, basically, to, to get ready. Uh, last point on the defense, 
you take a look at the teams who have given up the most goals per game right now, the top 10. San Jose, the Devils, the Blue Jackets, the Flames, the Blackhawks, the Ducks, the Canadians, the Sabres, and the Blues. And the Lightning are in there too. Yeah. Now, are you looking at total goals or are you looking at the average? Yeah, the average. Okay. Goals allowed. Yeah, just yeah. goals allowed. I mean, it feels weird looking at the Lightning with those teams. I mean, a lot of those yeah. teams are just kind of, they're either trying to get to where the Lightning are getting to or they're just not, they're not competitive. On the one team basis. that's a surprise in there based on what they did last year, New Jersey. But that is correct. They've had some. They're trying to figure stuff yeah. out as well. Yeah, I'm looking at the same list. But, I mean, look at those teams. Does anybody think Tampa Bay is on the same level in terms of talent and expectations this year? No. So, what is it? If you think the Lightning are, are a pretty talented team, which we do, and, and we're going to maybe remove that equation. Talent doesn't equate to defense, though. I know you use the word talent about decisions with the puck. I, I think but... it's a one-two. I think it's a will. Okay. I, I do. That, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, we, we spent 30 minutes trying to figure that part out. Maybe we didn't yeah. need to. I think it's, I think it's just a one-two. I, I think at this point, when the Lightning want to play good defense, Dave, we've seen them do it. And I think it's a, it's just it's wanting to do it. I don't know how else to describe. Anthony says, "Would you agree that inconsistency is the biggest problem this season?" Yes. Why would you put ABB on the first line again? He's not very good at winning puck battles and defending. Those are the most important things for the third guy on this line. Then you will start Hagel in the D zone. So, Anthony, what I would say to that is this. First of all, Barry Boulay has had time with Point and Kucherov already this year and did quite well. That was earlier in the year. Then he was moved off that line. But it's not like they didn't have chemistry when they were first put together, and it's not like it lasted one game. It was, it was a handful of games that he was with them. And Coop is looking for answers. I mean, look, the, the part about the offense is still true, that you know they do need to generate more than – than one goal. I mean, whether they're generating and getting goalied or they're not generating enough. Last game, I think they didn't generate enough. He's he is not one to wait to try different combinations to get his team going. So Barry Boulay, it's not like this is the first time he's played with those guys, nor is it a situation where he played with them and didn't have some success. He did. The other part about defending and winning puck battles. Barry Boulay has improved in those areas. That's why he's in the NHL this year. And, and I mean, yeah, he was healthy scratch for a little bit, but he has, he has taken his game to another level from last year to this year. And I would say those are two of the areas specifically that he has, you know, elevated, essentially. So I respectfully disagree with, with your take listen, there, Anthony. This is his longest stint in the NHL in one season. And I think it's fair to say this has been his most consistent. I do think there's a correlation there. Yeah. He's got five goals in 23 games. That's not setting the world on fire. I understand that. But he's getting a longer look this year, maybe out of necessity. But I think also, too, the, the coaching staff must feel a little more confident this year in his game partner than in previous years. And for him, they do. That's yeah. a positive step. I mean, his next step is going to be can I consistently stay in the lineup even if that means I'm playing in a third or fourth line role? 
Well, and Anthony's other part, I think he would prefer to see Hagel on that line. So Hagel doesn't always play with Point and Kucherov. I like Hagel on that line too, Anthony. I'm not disagreeing with you. But the thing to keep in mind is this, that just as quickly as the lines were were shifted so that Hagel is not with Point and Kucherov, we know John Cooper. I mean, like, Hagel getting moved off that line doesn't mean that the next 52 games are going to look like this. I mean, if they do, that's probably great news for the Lightning because right. Coop also has the attitude of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if you like Hagel playing with Point and Kucherov, you may not have to wait very long because usually we see that line put back together. Sometimes it's within a game. Sometimes it's the start of a game. Sometimes they're together and then they're apart again. That's just the way Coop runs his lines. Not every coach does it the exact same way. It's true. Anthony also says, my second question is about Sergey's play along the boards this year. You may not believe me, but I felt every turnover coming after he peeked over his shoulder before it ended up in the net. A bird's eye view gives you such an advantage. What needs to change for him? That's been a point of conversation since the, the plus-minus thing for him has gotten out of whack. Yeah. Now have all of his minuses resulted from him having the puck in the defensive zone and turning it over? No, absolutely not. I would not say that he has followed up what was, can we call last year a breakthrough year for him? I don't think I would use that word, breakthrough. Yeah. I think his, I think his, his moment, and maybe it was a moment, where he turned himself into a top-flight all-around player in the NHL he was, physical. was when he had the fight in Buffalo. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And he knocked down, was it Jake McCabe? It was. Is that who he knocked down? It was. And that coincided with him playing a more physical game as well. And then Shea Weber. Remember Shea Weber? He dropped. He fought Shea Weber that, that was same a big year. deal. Yeah. And I just think that things have come more... Uh, with more difficulty for him this year. And that is included. Yes, you're right, Anthony. He has turned pucks over in the defensive zone. And, you know, he's had some fumble plays, which are really uncharacteristic for him, where, like, he whiffs on a pass. I mean, he's not the only one, but we've seen some of that. Or, you know, he, he not even a rim. Like, he just turns the puck over. Phil gets on him about one hand on the stick. I know that. Um, that's the way he plays, though. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's kind of how he operates in the defensive zone, and that goes back beyond this year. But I think that he can find another level because we've seen him at that other level. Well, Dave, they need, a, they need him to get to the they other level. They need him at They're that other paying level. him to get to that level. You know, that, I mean, they're paying him and, and the Chernaks and the Sorellis, mm-hmm. guys who recently got paid. They got paid because of what they had done and the potential for what they can do. And they had to make a decision. I can't keep all my defensemen. I have to be strategic and keep the ones who are probably younger and are going to be with me longer. And if those players don't get to a certain level, you are hamstrung because you can't do much else in terms of making moves. I mean, you can always make a move. You've got to have somebody on the other side that wants to dance with you and be your partner. You're not going to send any of these guys down to the minor leagues. That's not an option. So you have to hope that the guys like Sergachev and the Chernaks. I mean, Hedman would say, look, I can always play better because his standard is so high. 
you need those guys to get better in large part because you're paying them a certain amount. And that's your option. What are you going to do? Sit Sergachev? You're going to sit Chernak? No. I mean, no. And I'm not saying they are, but like what you just have to hope they figure it out. I well, that's why I think that's why I think with Sergachev and Chernak and most of the Lightning and collectively as a team, I just think it's an it's a mental hurdle for them right now to take each individual game in the regular season and make it the most important. And I know that's hard for some to hear. I just because how else would you describe there are certain times Sergachev does the play correctly. There's a lot of times they do. Why aren't they doing it enough this year? I don't think the skill level has gone away. I think it's just a mental a mental block right now. Yeah. Well, look, he played over 26 and a half minutes in the Vancouver game. So, I mean, he led all lighting players in ice time. That's as high in a game this year. Now, of course, Hedman's absence Hedman was out right. in, in that game played a role. So he saw time on the top power play unit, which he has not been on that top power play unit for much of the year, nearly all of the year. And the Lightning had three power play chances. So it wasn't like they had five or six, but nonetheless, he got more power play time than what he has been accustomed to getting. So far this year, I would expect that Sergeyev and Chernak are going to play a lot tonight. Lightning do not have last change, and you can you can take it to the bank that the Oilers will be happy to get McDavid out against a different pair for the Lightning. There's an icing. I mean, that's also part of puck management, right? Yeah. Like if the Lightning have, let's say, their fourth line and their their third pair defense, which right now is. You know, Perbix and Flurry last game. Perbix is a guy who's who's kind of had some had some growing pains. Let's be honest. This year, after you know his rookie year last year, and and he is where he is right now in terms of uh, his his pair and and where he is as far as ice time. And Flurry hasn't played a lot this year. So if they happen to be out on the ice and they ice the puck, I can tell you who's coming over the boards for Edmonton yeah. for the. Upcoming offensive right. zone face-off. So one way to counter that is to really lean into Sergeyev and Chernak because you don't have last change also. Um, so when when you can make a change, they're going to try and get those guys out against McDavid. And McDavid and Dreisaitl will play on separate lines, but you can't, you can't be out against both guys the whole game. But at this point, I think they're going to try and get those guys out against McDavid. So it's a challenge for Sergeyev and Chernak, but they're going to get an opportunity to play tonight and play a lot. There's no question about that. And let me just put a bow on, on my point about Sergeyev with, with dropping the gloves. I'm not suggesting that Sergeyev needs to drop the gloves. What I am saying, though, is that when he got engaged physically, and that includes fighting, I think that it helped his game. I, I would agree. Sergachev took steps as, I think, close to being an elite defenseman. And I think in, in large part as to why he got the contract that he got, not only what he did offensively, but he became a physical player. Yeah. He was physically engaged. You know? That, and look, I, you don't want to get out of position against the Oilers because if you get out of position, their skill guys will scorch you. But at the same time, you cannot give them time and space. You cannot back off McDavid and Dreisaitl when they have the puck in your end you have to best you can try and get in on them and take away their time and space while maintaining your positioning which is not easy to do 
I mean, other teams have tried. There's a reason why, just look at the last 10 games for Connor McDavid, 25 points. Look at his year-by-year stats. Yeah, for sure. You can say you want to do it. It's very, very difficult to contain this guy. But if you give him space, if you give Dreisaitl space, they will absolutely carve you up. At the same time, you can't be too aggressive and get yourself out of position. That's why it's such a challenge to defend them, which is another reason to try and make them play without the puck best you can. That's true. That is damn true. Al says Tampa Bay needs to find a right defenseman to play with Hedman. Ruta was perfect. He was a good skater, played a strong D game, and covered well, allowing Hedman to do Hedman things. I mean, I, I, I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times, maybe more than that, about Ruta maybe mm-hmm. would only play 12 or 13 minutes, and Hedman would play with a lot of different guys, but it, it sounded yeah. like maybe there was a comfort level there with Ruta. And some would say, Dave, that was part of maybe his inconsistent play last year is that he was trying to get used to playing with different... Right. But I mean, he did have chemistry with Perbix. And remember, Victor was was dealing with some injury issues We think last so. Year yeah, too. I guess my question is, who do you think his best D partner is? Does it matter? And do you still think it's Perbix? Well, I think they'd like it to be Perbix, but Perbix has had... He's had his ups and downs, Some right? bumps in the road this sophomore season. I mean, I agree. I agree with all of that, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that. Because you could look at Perbix, too, and say that's a young defenseman maybe who is just going through the ups and downs of a season, yeah. too. It might not be more of a mental roadblock effort type thing with him. It might just be the, the game feels fast because I, I'm not making the adjustments right now that I need to right. at my position. I do I think it's important to find somebody to play with Hedman on a consistent basis. I do not want to minimize that because if your workhorse isn't being the workhorse like he's capable every night, again, that's part of what makes Victor Hedman great is is he has this ability to be very good every game, especially mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Part of that is he doesn't have to worry about his partner on the other side. I will say this. Greg, Nick Perbix is even on the year. So while this has been a bumpier season for him than last year, he's actually tied with Brandon Hagel, and this is a sobering stat I'm about to give you, of the guys who are on the active roster right now. Hagel and Perbix are tied with the best plus minus on the Tampa Bay Lightning this year, and they are even. There is not one plus player on Tampa Bay. Interesting. <laughs> I'm just checking I mean, Sherry. Yeah, Sherry's yeah. on the injured. Yeah, Sherry's minus three. I'm looking at the full roster now. I was looking at the first page. Yeah. The Lightning have two guys who are at even. Hagel and Perbix. But I think we would acknowledge that Perbix has had a rougher go of it this second season than he had last year when he played most of the year with Hedman. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Those numbers, again, you know, the the stats don't lie, do they? You know, it's one of those things that does hit you. You're like, wow, okay. They're giving up 
I mean, it was the same thing that we talked about, right? They're giving up too many goals, and a lot of the goals that they are scoring have been power play goals. I mean, yeah, they've scored even strength goals, but when you are scoring less than you are allowing, and that has been the case this year for the Lightning, and a higher percentage of your goals for versus goals against have come on special teams. In other words, you know, you're allowing some goals while in the penalty kill, but most of the goals you're allowing are not in the penalty kill relative to the power play goals that you're scoring. You're going to have a lot of minuses. Lightning have also given up, I think, a lot of empty net goals this year because they've been down in games, and and that adds to the minus total, but that's usually the top guys. They're the ones that are eating those minuses because they're out on the ice in the, the six-on-five with the net empty. I love our questions from our fans. I feel like, see, I feel like we're bringing up some good debate here, good discussion, and I, I want people to think about this as the game's progress and as the season progresses. Uh, I do think we have touched on this the last couple of years. I, I do think it's important for the Lightning to find somebody to play with Hedman. I, I don't want to minimize yeah. that. I think you're right. Uh, Thomas says, so looking at possible points to get to 100, the Bolts need 67% of the remaining points to hit 100, as that is normally the point threshold for qualification into the playoffs. At one point, do we really start to hit the panic button? I say 75%. Well, so I always talk in 12 and 10 you do. segments. Yeah, and that gets you to 96 through 80. So then if you, Thomas is right, if you win your last two games, you get to 100. 96 is usually enough to get you in. So let's go with that number. I think I had, I had done research a few years ago. Since the current point system was put in place, there's been exactly one instance, one, in which a team got to 96 points and missed the playoffs. So... Let's just say if you get to 96, you can pretty much put it in the bank. And if you can get to 96 through 80, or if you're not at 96 through 80, you do have two extra games to try and get to 96. The Lightning were one point off that pace through the first 20 games. I wrote this in a column that, that got posted yesterday. But they only had a 4-6 and six record in segment three. So they only got eight points instead of 12. So they are now five points off that pace. So, yeah, they need to make up ground. I don't know that they need to get to 100 points, though, to, to make the playoffs. But they definitely need to make up some of the ground that they have lost, if you want to look at it that way, off playoff pace in these first 30 games. And there's no indication that like it's going to be a year where there are a bunch of teams in the East that are way out of it, right? I mean, I guess then other teams are getting a lot of points. But, you know, we had that one year a few years ago where the top eight and the bottom eight in the East, there was such a huge gap between them. Basically, the teams that were going to make the playoffs were set almost by the end of February. That is not the case anymore. So we may see a lot of teams get to the 90s in terms of their point total. But if you can get to 96, you're pretty much guaranteed of getting in. At least history tells us that. So they got some work to do. We all agree on that. They have work to do, Thomas. Nikita says, it's just a big game tonight. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You know, and I don't, 
I don't I don't like to look at regular season games, 30 games in for a team that has the credentials that the Lightning have and say, boy, Dave, this is a really big one. But they're starting to put me in a corner, and they don't care about me, but they're starting to put me in a position where I have to look at this and say, Dave, they have the second-worst goals against in the league, 30 games yeah. in, and they're out of a playoff picture at this point. Let's go. Well, Let's I go. Think, I think the bigger concern is getting the goals against number down, and I think if they do that, the the point totals will follow. I mean, I may be wrong about that, but it's going to be hard to make up these points that they have dropped, essentially. You want to look at it that way? They're five points off playoff pace. You'd like to see them at 36 through 30 games. They're at 31. If you feel like, all right, they need to make up these points in these upcoming segments, how are they going to do it? I think they are more likely to do it by lowering their goals against than by outscoring basically a high goals against number. So I think if they can lower the goals against, the point totals will kind of fall into place that they need. That's why I keep sure. hammering home about the the defensive side. The goals against number, to me, is more of a concern than goals for. Yep. But look, other people might feel differently. Other people might say, you know, they don't have the same scoring depth that they had in years past. And, you know, they're not getting enough five-on-five five scoring up and down the roster. And, and look, that's fair. I mean, it's not like they're leading the league in goals either. And we just talked about their team-wide plus-minus, which is tied to how many goals you are scoring. I mean, if you're giving up a lot, but you're offsetting that by scoring a lot, you're not going to have every player on your team be minus, except for two guys who are even. We've got some more questions. One of whom, one of whom doesn't play as much, right? You're right. Uh, we have more questions coming in. We're about to wrap up. Games at 9 o'clock Eastern tonight. That means pregames at 8.30. We'll have all of the, the cast of characters to get into this game. Partner, mm -hmm. you and I will probably be touching on this a little bit during our pregame back and forth in terms of the lightning and, and being ready to go from the start because this is one of those games if you're not this is a 5-1 game you know where you're, you're looking at it and you're saying oh my gosh mcdavid had four points and dreisaitl had three and you know we had to we had to move on i'm expecting the lightning to dig in and have a good game tonight i, I am this game should have their attention yep i mean you might say every game should have their attention and maybe that's what you're talking about with the the defending right yep <laughs> Yeah, but at this sure. point, every game should have their attention. But I think this game will have their attention. It'll tell us a lot about our our discussion tonight, based off of their effort. Because I I if they play well tonight, I think it leads a little bit more to that. This could be an opponent thing. It just could be, you know, certain spurts you're going to see some really good, really good games, and other spurts it's it's kind of like all right, let's just get to the playoffs. And I yeah. hope I'm wrong. I do. Because you do want to build some consistency, but it has to start somewhere. And let's see if that starts tonight. Partner, great job as always. You too. And I will speak to you tomorrow uh, in this setting. And tonight. I will, yeah, I will <laughs> talk to you tonight for sure. In this setting, noon to one, we'll break down this game and look ahead to Saturdays. Thanks to everybody who listened. We always appreciate it. Thanks to Steve Ersnick who produced and engineered. Get those questions in at Bolts Radio. 
I am Greg Linelli. You've been listening to Bolts Radio on Lightning Radio.